One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Remember when Sting joined AEW and we all thought, ah, do a couple of cinematic matches, maybe? Well, that's all, that's all he's ever going to be able to do with the cinematic matches. Yeah, he's a 62 year old man. Yeah, well, and that, and he had his career ended when he wrestled Seth Rollins in WWE. Not blaming Seth for that. No, nope, no, no one is. No one's blaming Seth for that. Apart from Brett. Accidents happen in the ring. Uh, but yeah, but he can't, he had to retire because of that match. So he will just do some cinematic matches and that will. Smoke and mirrors, mm. hide around things. And then, like, you know, he maybe took a few bumps in those cinematic matches, like on loads of crash pads. Yeah, and I, and then there was a time he wrestled in wear a T-shirt. Yeah, so, but we're on with the full straps and stuff. Uh, we saw his shoulders, his sexy, sexy sting shoulders. And before you know it, he thinks he's 25 again. <laughs> And he's jumping off of the highest thing in the building like he's Jeff Hardy circa 2003. Yeah. That, yeah actually, I think that we've got a nice little graduation of things, you know, a gradual escalation of things. Cinematic matches, taking the T-shirt off, having a match with no crowd brawling. And then it's, oh, I'm going to dive off this balcony onto seven people mm. to, to catch me and stuff. And then oh, I had so much fun doing that. I'll do it, but with five people this time. <laughs> and then three, and then, and then two, and then just one guy who's on two tables further than any human can jump away. And I'm, what I'm going to do is climb a ladder that's inside the ring, and I'm going to jump off that ladder. If you haven't already figured it out, <laughs> welcome to the AEW Dynamite Review Podcast. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luco in DAD. Please press the thumbs up button. Give us a subscribe. Leave a comment down below with what you thought of AEW Dynamite and send in those Omega chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them over five US dollars. We've begun with... But or, or did you want to say something about the event? I see you've popped up the event page. No, no, I was just doing this in the background while you were chatting. You're just but, looking at analytics. I'm not doing analytics. There, are, there is something that will be later in the show, but I'm, I'm not going to bring this up now. You can't flash up money like, <laughs> in front of me and expect me to pay attention to what I'm doing. I can't flash up stats and figures. <laughs> oh, what's, what's Luke doing? <laughs> I know I'm being broadcast live, but anyway... Uh, Sting teamed with Darby Allen in the main event against the sex gods Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. That wasn't Chris Jericho. Oh, my apologies. It was the lame maker. <laughs> 
It was Painmaker Chris Jericho. He set this up in a promo backstage before the main event. And he comes down and he's got like a remixed version of Judas. He's got the one of the Asker's masks on. And then he gets down to the ring. I'm like, ah, the, the mask, whatever. Uh, but it's going to be lame underneath. And then he took it off. I was like, it's always lamer than I remember it. <laughs> Do you remember when you thought it was a work? Yeah. And when you thought, he's he's working all of us. He doesn't think this is cool. He knows this is lame. And he's working the <laughs> internet marks. I This was uh, when he first debuted it in New Japan against Naito. Mm. He didn't do it. Did he do it against Kenny? Didn't do it, Kenny. Because he was the uh, he was thing. the alpha, wasn't he? Yeah. Against the Omega. So it was against Naito. And it, to my to my eye, I thought he was intentionally bulking up in the gut area. Yeah. To to give that impression of, you know, I'm just a big, burly, slightly out of shape bruiser from America and also crap makeup. Crap makeup. Uh, and I made the argument. No, I think Chris Jericho <laughs> thinks this is cool because Chris Jericho is a fan of Kiss. So he yeah. probably thinks this is well cool. And he genuinely believes there are two different realities with different Sinbad movies. <laughs> Does he really? Well, he had someone on his podcast to debate That's it. He, he did. And that person also said that, uh, you know, time shifted and uh, the reveal in Empire Strikes Back is different from when it was first released. Really? The line reading is different from when it was first shown in the cinemas to how it, it has become now. The timeline's shifted somewhat. As in, it wasn't I'm your father. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. What was it? it well, because the line is, uh, no, Luke. I am your father. Uh -huh. But I think this guy's argument was, he would said, it was, um, oh, I can't remember what it was now, but it is like he said it was a different line originally and the timeline shifted now and it's now changed into what we now know it as. I love that people like that exist, that their, their instant thought, as mine would be, would be, oh, my memory's getting worse. I've misremembered it. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting dumb. It, there's something wrong with me. It's, oh no, the fabric of space-time <laughs> is incorrect. How? <laughs> well, I, 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 I liken Jericho a little bit to Joe Rogan. Mm. My favorite Joe Rogan meme I've ever seen is Joe Rogan interviewing Principal Skinner. And Principal Skinner says, where I come from, we call them steamed hams. And Joe Rogan replies, yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that's what Jericho is, because Jericho just brings these people on. And he's like, really? Oh, is that what's happened? The guy's like, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I would, uh, I would say Chris Jericho is a very, 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 very poor man's uh, <laughs> Joe Rogan. Uh, anyway, he's a good wrestler, though. I, th I really enjoyed this main event. Uh, it was a tornado tag, which was you know, just all the stuff to cover for the fact that Sting is 64 years old. Sure is. Uh, he's got the shirt on. They're brawling in the crowd through the break. And the, the big spot is Sammy has put, a, put on two tables outside the ring, near where you'd usually have the commentary area in WWE or even Collision, Collision I can say, yeah, yeah. in AEW on Saturdays. And when they put them up, I thought, that's far away. It's quite far. But then but Derby... Then, but then Derby climbs like, oh, well, Derby, isn't it? It's a, the, the breeze will carry you. <laughs> he sets up a ladder in the ring and he starts to climb it. I'm like, oh, I mean, it's still, it's still quite far, but I've seen him jump that far to hit coffin drops and whatnot. Mm. And he was going to go to the top of the ladder. And then a great bit of camera work. You then see Sting climbing the other side and be like, no, son, I've got this. I'm like, have you? <laughs> And Darby looks at him and is like, all right, <laughs> your funeral, bud. And then I I can't remember, but I imagine he then walks down and very carefully holds the ladder. Yeah, I mean, in the... Whoa, Whoa! crap! <laughs> you all right? That hit you. 
dodge me. It dodged you. The title belt just fell off the uh, the, the, the set. Whoa. Look at that. That was scary. I felt like we 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 tampered with the timeline. <laughs> Space time is getting revenge. Someone came to, to hurt us for, for talking smack about uh, Jericho's podcast. Do you think Sean Ross Sapp just came in yesterday and, and screwed everything? <laughs> did you, I mean, did you show him this room? I did. Yeah. Well, then, well then that means that we have our number one suspect. <laughs> it's never fallen down before, I, Sean. <laughs> that's right. It, never, it hadn't fallen down before he was there. That was almost T-shirt days, mm. T-shirt wall days-esque. That was. A lot heavier than a T-shirt. <laughs> Uh, where were we? So Sting, yeah, he's he's up there. You were saying that uh, Darby was then holding the ladder. Uh, in fact, in the, the the picture that I used for the thumbnail, you can also see Aubrey Edwards uh, holding that ladder as well, as they should do. Yeah. Let's be safe about things. Just don't, just don't let the camera catch it. Uh, so Sting then jumps, and to his credit, covers loads of distance, but still, no nobody could reach both tables. He goes through the table with Sammy on it. And headbutts, I think, he the corner yeah, he of the second table. Uh, apparently busted a tooth, oh. knocked a tooth out and had to get stitches in his lips. He immediately had this like red goatee mm. uh, down his face paint. Yeah. So uh, hurt himself pretty bad. Mm -hmm. Although he, he, he apparently also said it was like, oh, it was so much fun. And like, you know, thank you to Tony Khan for, for <laughs> letting, me, letting me do these things and live out my wildest dreams. And, you know, the press conference he did after Forbidden Door really was like a, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm winding up. Like This is it's probably my last year of uh, active in-ring stuff. So I'll, I'll just take it easy. You know, I'm, I'll, I'll put <laughs> the effort in, but you know, I'm, this will be my last year of wrestling. And then three days later, he's jumping off a 20-foot ladder to tables on the floor, doing <laughs> what you would do in the fight forever video game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the only thing was missing was him hopping on the skateboard <laughs> and doing an ollie along the, the apron, grinding the apron. What is an ollie? It's, that's a jump. Okay. An ollie and then you would grind? Is that you what you would call yeah, it? Yeah. Uh, I'd so, play Tony Hawk. So Sting's down. And I'm like, okay, right. He's probably not getting up. The camera, again, was not focusing on that part of the ringside area. Usually you get like a few shots of people going, oh, no, look at the wreckage. Thought, I'm like, he actually doesn't look okay then. Uh, and then we had Derby versus Jericho, and that was good. Judas effect so strong that Derby flew out the ring. I th so I wasn't expecting it when Sting then appeared behind Jericho. And when Jericho and Sting were in the ring together, I thought that was a really properly climactic, you are delivering my expectations here. This is very satisfying. And they just did the three-minute match that you kind of want to see out mm. of them, which is... They play their hits. Stinger Splash, the uh, the Code Breaker, Walls of Jericho, Scorpion Death Drop, Ducking of the Judas Effect, uh, and then the uh, the Scorpion Death yeah. Lock for the win. And that was it. And it was just, yeah, baby faces stand tall. Really, really fun. This is what AEW is very, very good at, and that is treating their legends with respect and somehow not making it feel like Sting, the 64-year-old part-timer, it's being forced down our throats. No, or overshadowing mm. like the younger talents. I, I I thought this was tremendously. Uh, it was fun. It was quite a chaotic and wild brawl. Uh, I mean, my first note is just like, Painmaker's real lame. Like it's <laughs> it's a really lame gimmick. There's no one on this planet that thinks it's cool apart from Chris Jericho. Mm. And like in that the promo we had in the night where it's like you're not facing Chris Jericho facing the pain maker. I was like, they're the same person, mate. That's, that's less intimidating. 
I'm gonna do and he basically he was copying what Balor does with the demon on the main roster. It's like, oh, he's had to see such deep down his, hmm. in this dark side of him. I was like, no, he hasn't. He's got some face paint that's left over from Darby. Have, <laughs> have you got any left over for me? We'll do a little crushes on my eyes. Yeah. Uh, but then like the brawl itself was dead fun. And I I really enjoy the fish. But the dive. I couldn't, I couldn't really believe my eyes. Because mm. when Sting started to climb the ladder, I was like, oh, that's good. Because he's being a responsible parent and holding that ladder still for his son. I thought he was going to maybe launch Darby off the ladder yeah. to help him cover the distance. But instead, like, and then, you know, him and Darby had that moment. And there's this shot in the crowd of a person doing this. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> he's got his head in his hand. Like, what? No. And then he dives and it just cuts to another person. who just goes, holy yes. <laughs> It was really cool. And I, I had a bit of a blast with it, to be honest. And it's interesting for me that this feels like that's the uh, end of another Jericho feud. We criticize Jericho a lot for his mm. over long feuds and his long running feuds. Funny enough, Tempest told me this today because he was watching Dynamite. He said Jericho's feud with Eddie Kingston, which we all agreed was too long, is the same length of time that the elite have been feuding with Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah, but that's interesting. And that's it. And it also doesn't feel old and or stale. And it's it actually feels like it's grown and whatnot. And like I and tends to like in fact you could probably argue it's gone longer because Moxley and uh, Hangman started mm. feuding in October of mm. last year. But this is like the Starks feud was just Starks beats Jericho a lot, and then the the feud ended. And this feud with Sting has been well, they, Jericho lost to him at Forbidden Door in the six man tag, and then he lost to him again here. Lost a uh, Cole beat him uh, twice in a That's row. That's right, yeah. Cole that was the him. last feud for Jericho. That's right. Cole's last feud was it was um, Jericho's last feud was Cole, and he lost all of those matches as well. So it doesn't feel like we're getting another Jericho Sting encounter. No, this felt but, like the end of it. But it does also feel like Jericho's charging up for a year long feud with Sammy Guevara oh, because that is like a yeah, like day, you, you give it. Yeah. Are we are we losing sight of the lead here? And that is really Jericho is trying again to get Sammy and you know Tony Khan, May W as a whole. They're trying to get Sammy Guevara over as a baby face. Mm. He came out and he did the placards thing weirdly That's, in the yeah. mid, like in the, at the bottom of the second hour. Yeah, doing the, the the old gimmick that he did back in the very early days of Dynamite. And I was like, okay, cool, right? We're getting the main event next. And then it comes back from break and it's the women's match. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think Jericho is just storing up energy for a very prolonged feud with Sammy, which we've already seen. Yeah, and it will probably, yeah, Sammy and Jericho are all out, mm -hmm. maybe even all in. Tag matches abound. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Let's see what you all think on the Omega Chats. Please get in all your Omega Chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them. Over five US dollars. First one, Dante here. Someone must have caught Sting after that match and said, look, I know you want to hang with the kids and all, but I think Darby is becoming a bad influence on you. Did see someone else in the live chat being like, Darby's a really bad (laughs) influence on Sting. He wasn't like this before he started teaming with Darby. He was just doing very safe crowd brawls in TNA 11 minute main events nine of them are walk and brawls <laughs> with your t-shirts on one minute is botching a, a move <laughs> and then you just go in there play the hits and off you pop you're yeah. the champion uh, Hannah Allen hello lovelies could you imagine if we got a hold of Eddie's and Mox's DNA <laughs> <laughs> This is a, a bit of a, a, a reference to our most recent episode of Wrestle Talk Extra, which went live yesterday uh, of us reviewing TNA. So speaking of T-shirt sting, crowd brawling. Uh, versus Matt Morgan. Versus Matt Morgan. Uh, where if Matt Morgan wins, he gets to be part of the main event mm-hmm. mafia. But what we were more interested in was the live chat of the rebroadcast of it on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, and, and one particular person just saying how... Uh, because Matt Morgan's whole thing was that he's the blueprint and apparently they sent his DNA up into space. It's the most perfect DNA. And someone in the live chat just said, oh, if I had uh, Matt Morgan's DNA, I'd make a clone of myself, turn it female, and then I'd F it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what? 
So are you Matt Morgan? <laughs> well, that's it. Have well, you made a Matt Morgan clone? Because I read it as I would make myself, as in another version of me, the yeah. original poster, and another and a version of Matt Morgan that's a female. So we could both have sex with the female <laughs> Matt Morgan. <laughs> Female Matt Morgan to me just feels like Matt Morgan in a wig. Was <laughs> still with the beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Elevator time. <laughs> Ding. Uh, Hannah continues. We could make clones, female, of course, for the boys. Uh, the Matt Morgan clone is looking for work, and we could even gen swap ourselves and ramp it up in numbers. Lots of love, Jam Matt Champ. Very good. Survivor 1993. I thought Jungle Boy's promo was really good, but with that look and those sunglasses, all I see is Hyde from that 70s show. Ooh. Now I can't take him seriously at all. Hashtag Jam Matt Jam. Of course, if you know Hyde just from that 70s show. It's fine. Oh, it's fine. What a fine reference. What a, what a fine reference. He was my favorite character in that show. So Sarky. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was great. Always with a little clippy one line and quite a nice story about how he fancied Donna. I, I, that was also great. I liked it when he was dating Jackie. Mm. I thought it was a really good, fun, like series two series thing they did when yeah. they were together, but, um, then nothing. Then yeah, it was. Then, then what was happened? To what happened? What happened? Yeah, we disappeared off the face of the planet. No I one ever knows. Heel on hook. BM Whitehouse seventy six says, "I was starting to sour on MJF, but then he said, said, 'Hey, hey, what's up, dude?' In pure glee and won me over again. How are you starting to sour on MJF? I don't know. He is just consistently the best <laughs> thing in whatever he does." Uh, who or do you hope he feuds with next after Adam Cole? Personally, I prefer either Orange Cassidy, but I'd love to see how he reacts to Hook. Well, Tempest was making a very, very uh, impassioned plea in the office today. Like During that opening match, Eddie Kingston just walked mm. out to, to ringside. Tempest paused. The, the broadcast looked at me and said, he should be MJF for the title. <laughs> he said, he goes, hear, hear me out. You do Eddie Moxley at All Out, Eddie wins that. Eddie MJF at Grand Slam, Eddie wins that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Tempest said that to me, presumably not having got the the enthusiasm of you. I, I would love to see that happen. As, as, as I was like, dude, I, I agree. But why? It will never happen. No. I want a good DC movie. <laughs> It's, but I, I, I don't think about it because it's a waste of resources you've already in my head. Had, you've already had your Black Adam. Oh, it's unfair. You know, Batman is amazing. Just don't feel. I want a, I want a good DC expanded universe. Maybe, yeah. well, maybe, maybe this eight three sets will be the one. Mm. I, uh, I would say CM Punk. CM Punk wins the Owen Hart Cup. You actually, you know, you add something to that where you get a title shot, and then boom, MJF Punk. Oh, well, that's my all For out. All in, all out. That's my all out main Shaking event prediction is, is is all is MJF Punk. But I also think Punk uh, MJF goes over. Mm. Uh, Charles Berg, I'm beginning to think the blind tag tournament isn't actually blind. I'm pretty sure these teams were planned out in advance. Also, Ollie, how's your head? And why did you hire Brian Children in the first place? Hiring children at WrestleTalk is a bad move. Well, they're much cheaper. But it worked out well for Pete. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I just got hit in the head a lot by the bat fight which is something we didn't talk about for the main event uh jericho and sting both had bats at the start they did their bat fight and i found this hilarious because one of my favorite little sketches of all time is the bat fight one from funny or die and i came in this morning i'm like pete there's a bat in the other room we used it on quizzle mania i want you to hit me because a bat fight and he went what are you talking about i was like well it's this god damn it. And an, no one knows it. It was an internet meme from 15 years ago. 
What? <laughs> it's a yeah, to say 2008, that feels like 12 years ago, but you're right, there's been three years since 2020. Yeah. I mean, actually, if you'd have asked me how long ago it was 2008, I said, like, oh, it's probably eight years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Which it was. Uh, Dean Barretton, at last year's Blood and Guts, Claudio stole the victory from Eddie. At this year's, could we see Eddie pin Claudio or Eddie end up on the side of the BCC, causing issues for the finish? Say Eddie tries to steal the win from Claudio. Why, well, I, I like that stuff with, with Claudio. I wish, I wish they followed up on it, though, and then just have a year of, of not yeah. really anything. I know no. there's been Ring of Honor bits. That's but... it. I feel like we've we've just got that feud back. Mm. It's almost something, you know, they were just sort of digging around the sofa looking for small change. I was like, oh yeah! Hello, we had this, <laughs> oh, we had this Eddie Cloudy. Well, I wondered where this had got to. Oh my God, that was one of the best finishes of the year that we booked and I... we didn't do anything with it. How did it end up back here? Uh, and finally for now, Dodds666. This is entirely unrelated to the episode of Dynamite. My now six-year-old daughter has heard Ollie since she was a baby and always says, give us a subscribe whenever she sees him on the screen. Ollie, please could we have a give us a subscribe for Emily. Give us a subscribe, Emily. That's very nice. Um, cool. Let's get back to the... Oh, well, do, do you mind if I do my, uh, my thing then? Do your thing. So uh, if you saw Monday's episode of, uh, sorry, the Tuesday podcast we did for reviewing Monday Night Raw, you'll have seen the very exciting moment in which I had to issue a refund <coughs> for someone who could no longer attend the watch ah. party. And that meant that we sold out the event for a, a record-setting third time. Uh, on the stream. Usually that happens when you release more seats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a good way of doing it. Well, certainly then it is a fourth because we did do the extra Quizlemania tickets which sold mm. out in under an hour. So that, you know, uh, but it also has resulted in someone else letting us know that they can no longer attend either. <gasps> so I'm going to issue another refund, <laughs> which means there will be one ticket left for our record-setting fifth sellout <laughs> of Money in the Bank. Watch Buddy the Long Arm Pub and Brewery. Um, in fact, what I might do is I might just play the... Oh, no, that's the wrong thing. That's the that. actual list. Uh, I'll, I'm just going to play the video while I'm just doing this. Uh, you can talk over it if you like. Oh, we can talk over it. Oh, yeah. wow. Look at, look at the quality of this B-roll footage. Oh, Ooh. look, it's Adam and Sully. And there's Luke and... Oh, that's good that I've seen that. That reminds me not to wear the exact same clothes. <laughs> well, the, funny enough, actually, so not only is this a refund for uh, admission, it's also a refund for Quizzlemania Live oh. 2, which means there is one ticket available for the show itself, and there'll be one ticket for Quizzlemania. Um, and I will let you all know, uh, moderators will be spamming the live chat with a link to the event. So if you haven't got your ticket yet, you still wanted to, now is your chance. There we are. Oh, it ended at the right time as well. Oh, so it's almost like I timed it. I hadn't. But there I means there is one ticket available and there is oh. one seat for Quizlemania Live 2 available. So head on over. Our moderators will be spamming the link to that. Sell us out again. Uh, right, so this episode of AEW Dynamite, the post-Forbidden Door episode, uh, I haven't seen, full disclosure, I've not seen last week's Dynamite. I've seen about half of Collision, which I love, 
uh, and I haven't seen a single second. Oh no, I've seen Brian Danielson's entrance. Yeah. I've not seen anything else from Forbidden Door. I have not seen Omega Osprey no. too yet. I heard it was okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it was was pretty good. Mm. That, that is how I would describe it. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, in fact, what it was was uh, awesome. Mm. Um, and I, th- I think both matches will end up in our match of the year list. So I, I was going to watch it on Monday when I got back from Glastonbury. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I was like, actually, no, I want to concentrate. I don't want this to just be on in the background like what I ended up watching, which was the Tenacious D movie, Pick of Destiny. <laughs> it's <is> very funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I'll try and, I'll try and watch it on, on Sunday. I was thinking that I was going to watch it on Sunday when we're in for Money in the Bank. Mm-hmm. I thought I could watch it in the downtime. That's a good idea. Uh, I would actually quite like to watch. Some oh, but I want to watch Collision as well. God yeah. damn it! Anyway, this was the first Dynamite post that uh, you'll have to fill in for any context that I miss. I know the results and read descriptions and reviews and whatnot. Uh, but we started off with Tomohiro Ishii versus John Moxley, who just went straight into an excellent, stiff, yep. rock hard. Shop fest. This was a very good reminder of when Mox first left WWE and he went to New Japan mm. and he had that those series of matches and did the G1 and uh, and he had that match with Tomohiro Ishii where I was like, oh, oh, hello, mm-hmm. like, this this feels like a very different Moxley. And then he just and that was before he went chunk. Yeah, and then we got this and it was just this match was awesome. Yeah, so good this match. Yeah, and it was it was pretty much just strikes. I think you had a few moves here and there. I think it was a brain buster, a few death riders, but it was mostly chops, kicks, punches. It sold out again. Thank you. Uh, what was that? What was I going to say? What was the other thing? Uh, headbutts, which was a bit much for my taste. You didn't like the headbutts? Well, not ever since Shibata. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. I don't want any of my favorites to have to stop wrestling. Yeah. Not I, like he stopped wrestling, but Yeah, I, I yeah. He was he was on Forbidden yeah, Door. <laughs> he worked on Sunday. I, I get what you mean. Um I Because mean, they did bust themselves open, do it. From those headbutts, yeah. yeah. You don't think it was just a blade job? I could have been. Could have been. Yeah. But it was like it was brutal in, in terms of them and how hard they were hitting each other. I particularly like the lariat stuff. My favorite spot of this match actually was after the series lariat, and they both ran each other to do lariats, mm. but collapsed at the same time. So while they hit each other, <laughs> yeah. it was just like a, and then both crumpled to the floor. It was awesome. Such a good match. Really, the best match on the show for my money. And it was a ma- it was a night of very good matches. Eddie Kingston comes down just before the break, not because the Blackpool Combat Club are attacking Ishii or doing anything behind the referee's back, but he just got aggy, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he just started shouting at Claudio, shouting at Moxley. Moxley's like, dude, what are you doing? And Eddie's just there watching, making sure nobody interferes in the match, while Claudio, the entire time, does not leave Eddie's face, just mm. staring at him from across the ring. It's really awesome. cool. Really, I, I, I'm so into this Eddie-Claudio thing. Mm. I'm really really loving it it's probably one of the reasons why you'd be fine not to watch much of last week's dynamite because there wasn't a very big follow-up to the sweet ass angle they did two weeks before um when eddie came back Mm. but i this is my favorite thing in aew at the moment i love the blackpool combat club versus elite storyline i actually really like the elite's presence on this show and the stuff they did with the dark order 
But the thing I'm so into, the thing that draws me in the most is this Eddie Moxley, Always. Claudio thing. Eddie just has this ability to pull me 100% emotionally into whatever he's feeling. Yeah. And that's why he's like such a beloved figure. He gets, the pops for him are just at the same level as the top guys in the company, I'd argue. Yeah. And after this, I know it was a, a bit in between, we'll get back to it, but Moxley wins. And then uh, backstage, it's Renee Paquette talking to Victorious Mox and the Blackpool Combat Club. Maybe you say talking to, yelling at Moxley. Bit of a domestic there. They weren't had a bit of a domestic. She was very upset at what Moxley had done because after the match, like, Mox bumped past Eddie, mm -hmm. and then they had a bit of a, a, a sparring thing, you know, a sparring war, war of words. And so Renee's there being like, what is this? Is that? And Eddie walks in, and immediately she's trying to, like, break them up. And you've just got Claudio standing there, just locking eye, you know, not taking his eyes off Eddie. Wheelie Utah, mm -hmm. also there. And just, like, Renee just trying to separate them, and they're just screaming at each other. And Eddie's just like, no one gets to kick the crap out of you but me. Yeah. That's what I do. Like, I get to kick the crap out of you, you know, with that scumbag over there. And Moxie just fires up, and it was like, it was 10 years ago. Like, this Chikara BS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You really need to get over this. He says, nobody cares about this Chikara BS. And Eddie just starts screaming, I care! <laughs> I care! I was, it was like, fight me uh, energy. And it's just like, that's, that's what I love about Eddie's character. Because he really does care. And he's not going to let it go until he beats the crap out of Claudio. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, like, Mox storms off. And Renee's yet. Renee's like, you uh, better fix this or I'm done to yeah. Eddie. Which well, is it because I'm done. Oh, right, right, right. As in, like, she is done trying to make peace between the two of them. Okay, that makes more sense. I was a bit confused there. I was like, is Renee joining a faction? She's is... joining the Blackpool Combat yeah. Club. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, that was really good stuff. It was really Great really match, good, good angle as well. I, I find Eddie to be a, a fascinating character and person and there was part of me that was like oh you know i wonder if this is uh you know it, it all is just this this big character thing and so i interviewed him on the rest of the podcast i was like oh no it's this this is who he is yeah he's authentic i yeah. think that's why he's so magnetic uh renee also caught up backstage with mjf and adam cole first off it's adam cole in the parking lot and they're asking about their pairing in the blind eliminator tag tournament which is where people are just put together randomly to be a tag team, how will they coexist? That was our thumbnail last week. And Max just walks in and goes, hey, buddy! Like, they're best friends now. Well, it's because Max has got sort of two things on his mind here. Number one, we could win tag titles, and that's mm -hmm. always great. That's more money for the purse. Two, seems to think that Adam Cole no-showed Forbidden Door because he also <laughs> thinks it's an indie fed and Max didn't want to do Because he walked up and he was like, being sick to not do the show. I wish I'd thought of that. Yeah. That's a really clever idea. That was so funny. Uh, and then Cole, Cole, because he's a smart baby face, wasn't like, oh, no, I hate you, blah, blah, blah. He's like, okay, I'll go along with this. I'll, I'll be the sort of uh, master thinker here. And yeah, I think Max said, "Well, let's go out on the town. Let's that we don't want to hang out at a wrestling show." No, exactly. This is a this is a place for losers. Mm. Like we should really get to know each other, get to know each other. Look, I've even got our first bit of merchandise, and he has got merchandise for their tag team in this blind eliminate, which suggests to me they're either going out very first thing. <laughs> this is Y two AJ. Yeah, yeah or yeah. I forgot about that. Or yeah. they're going all the way. Yeah, it's uh, better than you, baby. Yeah. I think. 
And he looked into the lens and was like, available now at <laughs> awshop.com. Just a t-shirt company. Just and they, keep, they keep making them. Have you seen that Aubrey Edwards has got her own t-shirt now? It says Aubrey Edwards, 1-0, undefeated. <laughs> Legit nearly bored it this morning. Uh, well, we could talk about the bit later because Adam Cole's like, well, I'll go. Uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll catch up with you. I'm just going to say hi to some friends. And then much later on in the show, Cole's talking to Roderick Strong and Roddy's like, why are you hanging out with this guy? He's going to betray you. And Cole's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to turn on him. I'm just suckering him in. And Roddy's like, he'll find out. He'll watch the show. And Max walks in and is like, come on, let's leave this place. I hate this show. He's like, no, he doesn't watch this show. And he gets in the car with him. He walked up and he was like, hey, Cole. And he looks at the road and said, hey, generic white guy. <laughs> Great line. Uh, that's Fabian Eichner, <laughs> as we know. Uh, the I, I really, really hope that we now get one of those classic MJF way too long vignettes mm. of Max and Cole partying on the town i wonder if max has uh probably not played it himself but has seen people playing the fight forever video game and seen like the cut scenes you get in between the road to elite things and he's like this is what we need to do yeah car, oh, car yes! ride montages yes! we're gonna hang out in the woods go go to uh go, go get some food yeah <laughs> avocado on toast uh the yeah i i thought max and sammy were were really something special. It only lasted two weeks, and I'll treasure that time forever. I really hope they can do the same thing with MJF and Adam Cole here. Yeah, it's not too. it's nowhere near there yet, but if they do like a full on zany thing, Max should start showing up on Cole's Twitch streams. Oh, that's so good. Problem is, is that Cole's Twitch streams are like the the rule of Chugs is that it's just, there's no wrestling chat. Mm. It's that's it's his time away okay. from it being a wrestling thing. Uh, after that, we got Orange Cassidy and Vikingo and Keith Lee versus Daniel Garcia and 2.0. The way Cassidy put together this Franken team was essentially turning to the nearest person to him in the locker room. It's Keith Lee and Vikingo. Do you want to wrestle? Yeah, sure. And they had a really fun match, I thought. Bit all over the place in parts. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. The King goes uh, a bit botchy. Keith Lee's also a bit botchy. Yeah, well, so the the big spot that they can, or one of the big <clears> spots <throat> they had planned for this is that Vikingo was going to do this dive over the top rope, and uh, everyone would move out of the way. Two point would move out of the way, and then he would land onto Keith Lee in a powerbomb position. Keith Lee would catch him and then use him as like a battering ram mm. type thing on on two point Fun spot. Good idea. Problem was, Vikingo landed on him and Keithley just lost his footing and fell over. So it looked like Vikingo had just done a move on him. Well, it looked like he, and I think he did, just twatted him in the face yeah. with his heel. And so then and the Vikingo was there being like, sorry, mate, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> Keithley looked momentarily very annoyed. Yeah. And then just picked him up anyway and did the spot. And he would just do the spot regardless. Uh, but the way I think Keith Lee got, you know, most of the other stuff in, there was a spot where Daniel Garcia was dancing on his back. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> Keith Lee stood up and got him into position for the Big Bang Catastrophe, which is, which was a lot yeah. of fun. Um, he also had shaved his beard and re-dyed his hair again. So he mm -hmm. wasn't like Silver Fox. Keith You're Lee. totally right. Yeah. I, I forgot about that. Yeah, he didn't, huh. have, didn't have the cape. It was just yeah. him in the trunks. A lot of people said, like, oh, man, 2018, Keith Lee's back. Yeah. Like, this is PWG Keith mm. Lee. Uh, might be why I was so excited. So 
the match was fun. I also read that Orange Cassidy's got even more tape now. So he's got the, the battered hand, the tape on his back, and now he's even got tape up top of his, up onto his neck. Do you remember my pitch for Derby's TNT title run? Yeah. That over the time, it, and they come out as a mummy in the body bag. We could get comedy version of that with Cassidy. It's always a chance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought this was a very fun six-man tag that was a little bit all over the place and a bit chaotic. Uh, do you think, so Cassidy, well, no, Keith Lee got the win. Who next for Orange Cassidy? Do you think we'll see Keith Lee versus Orange Cassidy? Could be. I mean, Keith Lee was the one that picked up the win. Mm. Yeah, could be. Although he's now... I did you a favor last week. I want a shot at that. But he is in the blind uh, tournaments because they announced later on that he'd been drawn with Swerve Strickland against, funnily enough, Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen. So maybe you could use that. Swerve's got the history with Orange Cassidy there as well. Could be something with that. I quite like the idea of the blind tag eliminator i i feel like a lot of it is just a bit too obvious it doesn't feel like chance and i i don't I, think I, that's fair i know <laughs> i know it's like oh the royal rumble entrance are random oh but this person just so happens to be the person feuding with that person but that's not the entire match is it you do just get some random entrance here and there yeah i feel like every team so far has been too too obviously orchestrated. I think apart from Orange Cassidy and Derby, that just feels like just two names picked at random, like you would have got on Fight Forever. Mm. But the rest, I agree, Swerve and Our Glory as a former tag team and people they're feuding with, and you've got Cole and MJF doing that. That I will I will give you. Two of the three teams I will I will certainly agree upon. Yeah. Um, I, hear, I mean, here's my thing. Oh. I really like the idea of the Blind Eliminator tournament. I think it's a really, really fun concept. I'm... They also said they were going to announce the brackets mm. this week. They didn't do that. And I'm actually even more annoyed that it was just a three-second graphic that was like Swerve and Our Gloria, uh, you know, a teaming together. Where was the angle? Mm. Where was the backstage yeah. thing of them, you know, drawing lotto balls and being like, ho, ho, can you believe these two, te- these two people are going to be teaming together? Make it a bit of a thing. Don't just put it up as a graphic and be like, oh, I'm sorry. And by the way, actually, they're going to be a team. This happened earlier. And it's it's next Wednesday, so you better tune in. You're right, actually. Maybe that's what my gripe is. If they did that, I'd be like, ah, there's some context there. Because they did it for Cole and MJF Mm. last week. You had RJ City and Tony Schiavone drawing the two names. And then Tony Schiavone, during the Cole MJF segment, stood up and said, by the way, you two are tagging Mm. together in the tournament. Do you think the whole tournament idea was actually MJF's idea? No. So it really was, all of this is just an angle for them. Mm. Uh, So they haven't put as much thought into the rest of the tournament? Uh, No, because I think if this was an angle devised by MJF, it would be Adam Cole facing different opponents of MJF's choosing. Kind of is. Not of MJF's chip, but he's got to face a series of opponents just working together this time. After that, we got the Hung Bucks backstage. They're sort of issuing an open challenge. But the Dark Order interrupt and say, you're not our friend anymore. We want to match with you guys. Yeah. Okay. So okay. We, we got a video for Danielson Okada and Renee interviewed Jericho and Sammy. Jericho's well late. Mm-hmm. On to the Dark Order Elite match. This match was awesome. Oh, really? Good. And I thought that Hangman Adam Page's performance in this was great. I thought the Silver Reynolds and Uno's performance this were great. The Bucks were awesome in this match. All six men were excellent mm. in this match. And I, I, in particular, Adam, Adam Page. I thought he was so, so great in this. We'll go into a bit more detail, you know, what, what he was doing throughout this match. 
But I really wish this story had been better told hmm. because the performances that they're putting in for this makes this feel like it is an epic storyline that's been running for months. And it has been, just not on TV. It's been running on YouTube skits that the very small percentage mm -hmm. of the Dynamite viewership watch. So I applaud them for all of the effort they were putting in to make this feel like a big deal. But me as a TV viewer, I'm like, well, I've barely seen Hangman and the Dark Order interacting. And even when they were a team together, I didn't really see them interact a lot then. Like They had that small run during the Hangman-Danielson feud, but then I didn't see them. And then, so yeah, there is drama here and there is story and there is relationships, but it's just, it's not something that we have been told on screen. Yeah, the last stuff was Mox doing, you know, a huge blade job. Uh, sorry, sorry, did I say Mox? Evil Uno, Uno yeah. blade job for Mox. Which would have been October. Was it? it wasn't that far oh, back, sure. was it? was it? during the Hangman feud. So yeah, but that carried round until Revolution. Mm, yeah. I think it, I think it was in the build-up to February. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I'm still That's four months. Still ago. four months ago. Um, yeah, I agree with you on that. But great match. My criticism was going to be the crowd. I thought the crowd weren't great on this show. They weren't, were mm. they? What's up, Canada? Like hey. you were, you were so good at forbidden. And as we all know, all the Canadians are the same. Mm. So, like, no matter what town you go to, every Canadian is, is just a carbon copy of the previous one. But uh, where were your noises? Yeah. They got, there was like a this is awesome chant near the end. But I was like, oh, come on. A lot of this has been awesome. So the, the story was Hangman didn't want to face his friends. And he kept sorry, tagging someone, out. Someone there said it's also been done on a ring of honor. It's watched by even less <laughs> people than being the elite. So Hangman doesn't want to fight his friends. And the Bucks are kind of getting frustrated with Hangman. Dark Order are like, no fighters. Don't patronize us like this. And then eventually Hangman snaps and he goes for them. And usually that's the bit where he gets the win. But it actually led to the Dark Order getting a really like good three minutes of comeback spots. I thought it was amazing. Silver and Reynolds' <laughs> tag flurry that they have yeah. is so good. Uh, but ultimately, I think it was Deadeye, BTE Trigger, Buckshot Lariat from Hangman Page on John Silver. And he made the pin. And then as soon as the bell was done, like Festus, he got up and he was like, what have I done? Yeah, and he was almost trying to apologize to to silver as he was you know, knocked out cold in the dark order mm. trying to attend to, to Johnny Hungy. I like that it ended with Paige and uh, Silver because it kind of started with them as well, like in the match, mm -hmm. because like Hangman Page tags in, Silver tags in. And Hangman Page has kind of got this like, I don't really want to be wrestling you because I think you're my friends. I don't really want to be doing this. And you don't quite understand where I'm coming from and the position that I'm in. And then he just like, but you know, we're, we're competitors, so we'll wrestle. And he thinks it's a bit of a you know, friendly competition thing. And then Johnny Silver, like John Silver just whacks him in the face with his forearm and Hangman's like, I'm done. Yeah, I'm, and, yeah, he, and he yeah. tags and yeah. he's like, I'm not getting involved in this because no one no one understands me. Mm. No one understands where I'm coming from in all of this. The post-match was really good as well because BCC attack them uh, with, with Takeshita and Don Callis. Mm. So they're not, well, they're not officially part, but they're associated. They're associated with. The reason why I don't think they are is because at Forbidden Door, it was Blackpool Combat Club teaming with Takeshita right. and Shota Umino. So they all beat up the Elite and Hangman, and Eddie Kingston runs down because, I care! I care! <laughs> and he's in there, and they're all brought, Eddie gets uh, taken out. But Hangman Page all the time is sort of really blooded almost immediately, and he's looking up at the Dark Order. Dark Order are just looking down at them. Yeah. And they walk away. So they 
it's when the BCC first jumped them, the three of them, they're just standing in the ring watching this. And then all together, it's like, now let's go. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, he gets, Paige gets hit with the, spy, the screwdriver. And he's there just like looking at them up the ramp and they just, they're not moving and then look down and then just walk away. It was genuinely heartbreaking. <laughs> and it was, again, like I loved all the performance of this. Just wish this would have been a story that had been better told on TV. So there was actually something even better that happened here. The Mox and Kingston stuff. Have you heard about this? No. Right, okay. I didn't know, I didn't catch this either. <clears throat> so after the Dark Order have walked away, Moxley gets a microphone and he leans on the top rope and he's just like looking out to the crowd. He's got his back to what's happening in the ring. And that's because Claudio pilmanizes oh, Eddie Kingston's arm. arm. Right. And, th- and the idea is Mox did, you know, I don't want to see it. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss. That's amazing. So good. I mean, because I did hear on commentary them say like he's turned his back on this, so he doesn't see what they're doing. But the camera did miss the pilmanizing yeah, yeah. of the the angles. They were they were, had so much they were trying to capture. But that's a really really good detail. Yeah, I love that. I thought that was the best thing in the whole, like probably the best little detail in the whole show. Uh, but that's when Mox gets the mic and he lays it out. July nineteenth, Boston. It's time. For blood and guts. This led to a little bit of confusion online because mm. it came up in the bottom corner, Boston, whatever it is, Garden. Gardens, and it had the two logos, blood and guts, rampage. Oh. What a lot of people thought was, oh, blood and guts is on rampage. Mm-hmm. What, a, what a weird thing! Because what you couldn't see is above the blood and guts logo, it's a very tiny AEW Dynamite logo. <laughs> And what they're advertising is it's a double taping of Blood and Guts or Dynamite and Rampage. I uh, I know you can sort of kayfabe explain this, like Moxley had already had it pre-approved. But I got a bit annoyed that the graphic came up so quickly. It was like Moxley said, Blood and Guts. And then, oh, oh yeah, we've got a graphic prepared exactly for that. When to me, it was more chaotic and the BCC are unpredictable and this... This wasn't a planned production segment. They jump people at the end of a match. Mm. I know that's so nitpicky, but I just thought later bit. on have the graphic. Mate. As if like, oh, we've we've thrown something together. Tony Khan's made it official. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, it, it might be hyper nitpicking, but I, I, I take your point. Uh, I also particularly loved in this match the Young Bucks barking at uh, Hangman Page to tag in. It's almost like they were frustrated that he was not getting involved in this match. Don't go say barking around the young guys. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. How, how I didn't think about it. Woof. Woof. Jungle Boy then came down to explain his heel turn on hook. He's hook turn at Forbidden Door. Apparently he was wearing his father's jacket. Was he? Because mm. it looked like he was dressed as Christian. I, that's what I thought. Uh, Christian or that guy from... That 70s show. That 70s show. Just as high. I can only think of Forbidden Door. <laughs> I didn't used to watch Forbidden Door on on Trouble. Forbidden Door? Well, no, no I, cu- I couldn't think of the name of that Oh, right, show. sorry for saying that. I was like, was there a TV show on Trouble called Forbidden Door? Uh, so, yeah, he, get, no, he doesn't just look like Christian here. He cut a very Christian-style promo. He referenced a natural disaster that Canada has to deal with right now. He said he's banging the hottest bitch. He said the bitch. He said the bitch, but not in a, in a, in a, you, 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 you bitch, like a threatening way in reference to a woman. He did. Did you see Carl Fletcher's tweet about this? Uh, yes, he believes he has a hot bitch. <laughs> he does. 
He's dating Sky Blue, right? He is, he is indeed, mm. yeah. Uh, he's cashing fat checks and he's going to get rid of his Tarzan Boy entrance music. Yeah. Uh, this was, a, and actually in a very Christian way, a local, you know, a 2000s Christian. He got his local sports team heat as well. I kind of, what did he say? Did he not? I thought he was making reference to, uh, maybe that was when he was referencing the national, uh, a, uh, the, 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 you know, and. A national disaster? Forbidden door. No, what's the word I'm after? Not a national disaster. A natural disaster. Nat- that's, the, that's what I was after. Like John Tenter. Maybe it was about... Anytime I hear people boo, I'm just like, oh, it's a sports team reference. <laughs> Are you booing my wildfires? <laughs> oh, exactly. They're called the LA wildfires. <laughs> I don't know who they are. Um, but yeah, I, he was like, uh, what was it? Did I turn on a hook? What did all of you turn on me you people and he said that he's gonna get uh take the belt off of hook because even though it's not recognized by aew it's a belt that means a lot to his family <laughs> that family is taz mm. and pointing up to the commentary desk and then he's like i'm gonna beat the s out of hook when i see him hooks music hits and taz just goes and i quote well it's on boys <laughs> I and again Hook comes down, chases Jungle Boy out the arena like Jungle Boy is sprinting, and there's a, a car with an open back door waiting for him in the parking lot, and he does a tope suicida <laughs> into it, and the car drives off. It was so funny. It was great. Brian Alvarez said that the other door should have been open, <laughs> and he, he just <laughs> slides through. <laughs> Have you seen the turn? Oh, you haven't seen anything from Forbidden Door yet. I've seen the turn. So, have you seen the, the commentary for it? Because obviously, Taz was doing commentary mm. for it, and Taz was selling this so great because he takes his sunglasses off to show how serious this all is. It's getting hot in here. He takes the sunglasses off, and it cuts to the commentary desk, and he goes, "Well, he's a dead man." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I like the motivation. I think. Uh, Jungle Boy really wants that singles title. And here's this guy with like a fake singles title. I, I think that's good. I really like it as well. Good yeah, it's like he was holding a lot of this title like he's better than me. <coughs> we were talking, we went out for dinner last night and I was, uh, my big pitch for this is that he's going after Hook's title here. So desperate is he to win a title this year that he's going after a belt. not even recognized by mm, AEW, mm. but he's also going to lose that as well. That's what's going to lead him back into the arms of Christian, who has a title. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely his. Christian knows how to win belts. Jungle Boy needs that guidance back. He needs to go back to his real father. Oh. And him and Luchasaurus re-team up again, heal Jurassic Express to, to win the tag titles. Britt Baker was unfortunately sick. <coughs> so the, the fight TV thumbnail was Ruby Soho versus Britt Baker. <laughs> Yeah, I had to full screen it because mm. I, 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 because I, it was the match graphic, which is Ruby Soho going bah! and it was massive on the screen, either side of the the video player. Yeah, so that that was a bit confusing. I didn't know that it had been cancelled because I saw it was advertised the previous day, but they didn't say anything, did they? They, they just... did say on commentary earlier in the night that Baker's earlier, Baker, okay. Baker's the same <coughs> the same illness that. Adam Cole out over the weekend. Britt Baker's now got, so she's unable to compete tonight. Yes, that's unfortunate. But uh, Ruby Soho instead took on Alexa Nicole, who was a local enhancement. She's from around here. I actually prefer this way of doing it because I know Ruby and Britt have been feuding in their various factions forever. But this allowed a bit of oomph for the tournament match next week. I think the tournament match will be better because Ruby got... 
you know, some momentum with a squash local enhancement talent win here. Did all of like she was doing Baker's taunts. She goes up to the referee and steals his the rubber gloves that they have for when they uh, someone gets busted open, mm -hmm. presumably Moxley matches, and she applies the lockjaw. Uh, to to this poor lass here to win, and then she cut a hell of a promo. I think Christian told her how to cut a promo as well. This promo was awesome. I wish the crowd reacted like it was awesome. This, this promo was wicked. Yeah, she said uh, Adam Cole got sick. Now Britt Baker's sick. I hope they don't have any children because they will be weak, weak, weak little bastards. Weak little bastards. <laughs> Like Baker's this like shell of her former self, mm. you know. I thought this was a great, great promo. Yeah, so I'm like I said, I'm glad we got this to build next week. Mm. I think next week will be better. And then we got the bat fight, bat fight. Well, we had some other bits and bobs as well because we had a a, a recap of Bowens telling uh, Cameron what's her face from yeah. QTV that he's gay, and then that led to you know what happened on Rampage. The debut of Johnny TV, yeah, who's part of QTV, the former John Morrison. Uh, he is now All Elite, I guess, uh, and he's part of this this faction. So he's got a match on Rampage, and they and then just randomly announced then that Lee and Strickland are one of the teams, and then we got the main event. Mm. Um, we I, I gave this overall seventy six percent. I thought it was a really enjoyable episode to watch, but I felt like the build towards Forbidden Door was very good like we're talking top tier 95 percent good this was not this was nowhere near that i really i loved the opening match mm. the opening match was great the trios was mad nonsense i loved all of the elite dark order stuff problems i have with the fact that it's not had as much tv time as i think it's probably deserved to make the story feel as umphy as it should do but the match itself was great and i thought the post match was really great as well umphy umphy and i had a tremendous amount of fun in the main event but it's not like a strong four out of five episode mm. oddly enough this was like a three out of five episode just with some really really great stuff on it luke hates aw <laughs> uh i i do need to uh <laughs> Put up the poll. You put up the poll. I'm I'll start the doing poll. the chats. Where it's the end of the month, so we've done all our Patreon shout-outs. But thank you very much to everyone who is a pledge hammer. We're at record numbers at the moment, two thousand four hundred plus, I believe. So thank you everybody for joining now. And did our Wrestle Talk Extra go live yesterday? It did indeed. Yes, it's had very good feedback to it so far. Everyone's very much enjoying our review of Slammiversary two thousand nine, featuring. Not one, not three, but two King of the Mountain matches. <laughs> one of which has got Jeff Jarrett and Mick Foley and Kurt Angle in it. <coughs> and AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. Uh, the Motor City Machine Guns, Lethal Consequences and Suicide. Matt Morgan. Matt Morgan and Sting. Christopher Daniels versus <laughs> Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas. Shane Doug Gas. <laughs> Gas He's got very tired. Very yeah. tired, very early doors. And hurt himself as well. And the best match of the night, the Monsters Ball tag match of it Abyss and good. Taylor Wilde versus Daphne and Raven, it aka the Dream Team. Luke's Dream Team. Let's go over to patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk to sign up there. There's not just that, but loads of exclusive stuff, along with early access to Monday Night War and. When Adam and Sully played through WWE 2K23, my rise. Uh, we'll be doing the second half of that this month, I believe. Next month, July.
WrestleTalk.com forward slash support, though, is where to get your Omega chats in. Last call for those. We'll read out every single one of them over five US dollars. Do we also want to plug what's happening over on Parts Fun, though, not only on Friday, oh. but today? Well, we don't know about that yet. Do we not? No. Okay, well, but then, tomorrow then, we well, do. Then, well, yeah, that was going to say. The well, tournament. Yeah. The tournament, definitely. Uh, PFK tomorrow from 1 p.m. BST. We will be having a PFK World Cup to determine who's the best in the world at AEW Fight Forever. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited to watch this because I'm not part of this World mm. Cup. Uh, they, they decided to take me out of it because I dominated too much of the uh, the 2K tournament. As we all know, I would have won if I hadn't got myself DQ'd against Dave. Well, yesterday, I uh, I beat Sean Ross Sapp. Yeah, Sean was making all these big claims that he went 3-0 and against the, the rest of the team. But what he failed to mention there is that he lost twice previously to that to me and you. And yeah. I beat him as Aubrey Edwards. <laughs> Who, with Aubrey Edwards counting the pin. Yes, yeah, a very confusing visual. I'm just Marcus says, the Dark Order turning on Hangman makes me sad, but it makes sense given how he treated them lately. And I love that his rivalries keep starting because of his own decisions and actions as a character. Also, will Danielson be in blood and guts with his injury? Not a chance, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, even if it was just six to eight weeks, it would have taken him out of blood and guts because <laughs> it's in like... What, two, three weeks' time? About a month, yeah, three weeks, a yeah. month maybe. So yeah, I don't think that's he's going to be there for that. Um, but they do have time now to make this a uh, a three-way feud with the Dark Order as well. <laughs> the time the time is now, even, even without Stu Grayson as part of the team anymore. Graham Shaw says, For the Blind Tag Tournament, I hope we get Evil Uno and Desperado as Team Cool Masks. They wrestled at Evil Uno's Mystery Wrestling Friday and Despy tweeted, Join Dark Order <laughs> after. Also, Wardlow with someone to give him something not the TNT titled to do. God, I actually forgot about Wardlow. I forgot about Wardlow. Uh, the Guilty Hat. Luke said it back when this began, and I still stand by it now. Add Dark Order to Blood and Guts, you cowards. Finish up the ROH story with Stu and make it four versus four versus four. The lads are over and more involved with the story than Eddie. Also, put Uno in fight forever. Well, the kind of the, I would say, one of the, the big plus points to fight forever is that. There's, it's that this is the game now and it's just going to have just characters added to it oh is that is that the case so they've got the engine so they could do an annual release but mm. the plan is that you've bought the game and then every year you basically just buy the patch to update all the roster and stuff <laughs> it's a terrible business model <laughs> uh well i get the fight forever clues in the name mm-hmm. uh kevin says, it's unfortunate that Britt got sick, but it gave us a really good promo from Ruby to build their future matchup. JB as a heel has potential. He has good delivery and knows how to work the crowd. What did you think? I wasn't I wasn't blown away. By the promo? No. Uh, I, I thought it was good. It was the most character I've seen out of him. So maybe I'm giving it some plus points for that. But uh, I th- what I would say is this is the first promo that Jung- Jungle Boy has cut where I've not gone on Twitter the following day to see people be like, man, that, that boy cannot cut a promo. What everyone was like, huh, that was a pretty good promo, actually. I'm waiting for his in-ring heel debut. It'd be interesting if he changes up his style that much, because he's a very babyface style wrestler. Hyped for blood and guts, is it five versus five? Who replaces Brian? Maybe to repay Don, Osprey can send one of his stablemates, or even one of his protégés. Callum Newman to AEW confirmed. That'd be, well, Callum's amazing. Uh, sorry, I know you guys wouldn't even know who that is. How dare you, Kevin? I imagine you're trying to get in the rest skin. 
that well that's a, it's a reference to mark markison on uh oh of course it is of because course he is. uh presumed that i did not know who callum was <laughs> because i i would there would be no way i would know who that is funny. actually kevin i'm gonna i'm gonna take a couple of steps back there to go with what you so i thought you might have already said who replaces brian don Callis. but in one of those sort of by accident things yeah so yeah. it's moxley claudio yuta Takeshita. And Don Callis. And all the while, he's like, no, protect me, boys. He's got like a, he big, gets to the top of the ramp. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Put Callis in the match, you cowards. Yeah. I'll hot tag to you. Uh, Eddie Pat here says, hey, look, if you could assign each version of uh, Chris Jericho, best in the world, Pain Maker, the list Y2J, to a Ninja Turtle, who <laughs> would be who? Also, I'm trying to think of a cool nickname for Patreon. My name is Patrick. Do you have any suggestions? Always and forever, Jam That Jam. Pretty Patrick. Uh... Pretty Pat, yeah. Always and forever, Pretty Pat. Mm -hmm. Just because he said always and forever there. Um, <laughs> the Pat okay. trick. So I've got to assign best in the world, pain maker list, and Y2J. Mikey's probably Y2J. Is Mikey a good one? Well, Mikey's great. Mm -hmm. um, but also he's like, well, maybe he's a bit raff, like that Y2J. That's a bit of a bit of brashness about him. But I'm trying to like, best in the world, maybe that's... Like as a heel, so you can't really give it to Leo, but maybe he's like the most noble of them, so you give that to to Leo. But like the problem with Painmaker is that like all of the tells are good, mm. and you, I can't saddle one with a cool character with something as late. Because like I think if you say that oh Raph's the Painmaker, it's like well oh, poor old Raphael. Sure, he's not my favorite turtle; he's probably third. But I I, I can't saddle him with the Painmaker, but I feel like I have to, which means that Donnie is the list. And Donatello does do machines, so like you know, maybe he makes a list of tasks that he needs to do when he's doing those machines. So maybe that does add up. Do you want to add anything to that? Uh, you excited for the new movie? Sure. Do you want to watch the trailer in a bit? I you've shown me the trailer. I think it's like the stop animation -y style. Yeah, yeah it looks fun. I've got a new trailer out now. Yeah, it's probably it's a kids movie. <laughs> Uh, Elmtras here says I'm fine with my Wes Anderson <laughs> <laughs> something childish or emotionally stunted about Wes Anderson movies <laughs> uh, Umtras now last week Umtras uh, sent in uh, some very odd uh, hmm. OCs last week. Uh, it is a it is a Super Mario reference, but here we go again. Uh, hey guys, welcome to Mario Mozzarelli's House of Mamas Magic Marinara. Can I interest you in some starters? We've got a wonderful Caprice topped with a delicious balsamic reduction or a bootleg copy of Borat on DVD. So what, how's that a reference to, to Super Mario? Well, he has said the word Mario there. <laughs> and, and there's some Italian things in there too. Okay, all right. Uh, Ryan here says, hey, well, Super Mario is Japanese. Uh, Ryan here says, hey, gents, I sent an old chat on Tuesday asking how a wrestler can make a British crowd boo, and I think I figured it out. Wrestler brings out Boris and Matt Hancock. I won't read the rest of that. Um, actually, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll skip some of that. Uh, and Teddy Burn Media here says, hey, guys, I thought you would like to know that my girlfriend and I no longer say the word blue normally. <laughs> Friends think we're crazy because we ran just out. Blue. Anytime someone's the color, I have found myself doing it at home. To so my wife has no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I do it out and about outside the office. Yeah. Blue. Blue. <laughs> 
Uh, Kevin also adds in it. Ollie, quick question. Are you Eddie, uh, Eddie Kingston, Keith Lee, and Vikingo part of Chaos now? Does that mean we can have Sue, Keith Lee, and Ishii for the trios titles? Why? Well, because they tagged with Orange Cassidy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. What are the rules for that faction? I don't know, and I stopped caring a long, long time ago. I, Life is too short. I think it was the moment that Sue was part of faction that you decided you were done with the group. Nakamura <laughs> started chaos. Well, there it is. Well, that's it. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us here today and for all your wonderful Omega chats. Remember, go and watch the WrestleTalk news over on the WrestleTalk channel. Check out the Money in the Bank predictions on this WrestleTalk podcast channel and set a reminder for tomorrow at PFK because we will be having another live stream tournament to decide the best in the world at AEW Fight Forever. But for now, I've been Holly Davis. It's been Luke Owen. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.